Welcome to the Philia Podcasts. We are the daughters of those women who came before us. It is our absolute honour to have met so many incredible women fighting for the liberation of us all. Our role at Philia is to amplify the voices of those women via the Philia Conference and these podcasts. Please take from them what you can. In sisterhood and in solidarity, the Philia team. So we are Greater Manchester Doulas. We are a women-centred organisation who support women primarily during pregnancy and birth. And we're going to have a chat about COVID-19 and how it is having a huge and damaging impact on women, um, especially birthing women right now. Um, some introductions. I'm Lauren. Uh, I've been a doula for the last four years. Um, I'm working as part of this organisation since it started uh, with Ellie. I'm Ellie. I've been a doula for eight years. Um, I'm Amy. I've been a doula for, um, I think, two and a half years, maybe three. Um, and was initially working alone. And in the last year... Has it been less than that, I feel like? Um, I joined forces with Ellie and Laurie with uh, Greater Manchester Jewelers and now I am working with them and it's ace. And we're lucky to have you. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. So in, certainly in the last few weeks, but even more so in the last couple, there have been huge changes for women and the maternity care that they've been receiving. Um, we're seeing huge breaches of women's human rights when it comes to birth. Um, so maybe let's start with what, what the problem is, what's been happening. Mm. Um, well, I mean, the changes are so widespread and different over the UK, but I'm sure in the world as well. Um, at the moment, we're hearing that you know, um, birth partners are being limited to one and it's only during active labour. They can't stay um, afterwards. They can't come to scans. Some hospitals are saying no to video calls for strange reasons. Um, home birth services are being cancelled um, across the country. And the, I mean, the information that women are getting is very um, varied. Obviously it's a changing situation, but um, yeah, it's not very clear and it's it's quite difficult to navigate. Um, but a lot of the basic human rights that women have during pregnancy and birth, um, place of birth, who they want to be with them are just being um, completely ignored uh, and with the excuse of COVID-19. And you were saying earlier, Amy, about how it's all in the name of risk aversion and lowering the risk, but actually the way that it's being applied doesn't actually put anybody at, at lower risk. No, it doesn't. And also who gets to define that risk as well? 
Mm -hmm. I mean, there's an, there's a physical risk to getting the virus, but there's an emotional risk as well. Like Mm -hmm. that, our mental health is important. So, so important, as important as physical health. Yeah. And I think when we're talking about, uh, I think a lot of the advice that women are getting or what they're being told they can and can't do by medical professionals is with a focus on their physical safety and the physical safety of others. But as you said, our emotional safety is just as, if not more, important. Um, And these women who are having their choices taken away from them are at risk, a huge risk of trauma and and, um, longer-term mental health issues, which have a long-term damaging impact that will would, is probably a long-term damaging impact that goes far into the future and doesn't just impact them, but also future generations. Um, I think before all of this, depression, anxiety, suicide is so common among new mothers. Um, and in the first year after a baby is born and adding this, adding this on top, increasing the chance that they're going to have unnecessary intervention that causes birth trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to be uh, downplayed. No, no. And it's how do like, who's deciding the risks and how are they working it out? Because hospitals at one end of the country are, you know, encouraging women to come to hospital, even though everyone else in the country is being told not to. Um, they're cancelling home birth services, so encouraging healthy women to come into hospital, despite the risk to the woman, um, and despite the fact that she may not want to do that. Um, and then at the other end of the country, the risk is the coming into the hospital. So they've said, you know, anyone who can and wants to should birth at home. So who's deciding the risk? And they're not factoring in the risks of interfering with birth. Like you were saying, Laurie, that's so important. It has such an effect. Maybe a quick word on on mammalian birth. Yeah. Why this is so important, because Uh, humans are obviously mammals and all mammals need the same thing for birth to go smoothly which is a sense of privacy and a sense of safeness and a sense of and and being warm Um, anybody who's had a pet cat and they've given birth in a cupboard under the bed will know that anybody who's a zookeeper will know that the second a female starts showing signs of labor you leave well alone it's an intricate cocktail of hormones that are responsible for the birth process. And to disrupt it is when things get unpredictable and dangerous. So we are already expecting women to come into a hospital where none of those needs are easily, if at all, met. There are bright lights, there are unfamiliar sounds and smells, there are strangers often women are forced onto their backs like a a stranded beetle with their most vulnerable parts open and on display so already it's difficult for women to birth in hospital and it's a valid choice not to do that at the best of times Mm -hmm. 
many of the women who work with us and who contact us have been traumatized by their previous birth and when i say when i say that i mean traumatized by the the so-called care that they received not from the physical processes of their own body and going through childbirth how they were not listened to not respected how their dignity was removed how their options were removed they have been lied to manipulated coerced and bullied so much of the time we see that especially in manchester where we are that treatment is rife and these women are not wanting to go into hospital they don't want a repeat of that they don't want to be in the same building they don't want to see any of that staff they want to completely change their environment and to be able to control it more and these are the women who've been told you can't give birth at home now and you can't have anybody for support so you might have built up a relationship with your doula for months and she might know your previous birth intimately she might know certain triggers and how certain things make you feel she might have learned all of the things that make you comfortable she might have learned how to help you if your panic starts to rise she might know your partner really really well and know that at night they get really grumpy or really hungry and there's that relationship there and the hospital is now saying at best you have to choose now between your partner and your doula and that's so much to put on a partner to remember the hypnobirthing techniques or remember all the comfort techniques and the breathing that the woman might want to do to advocate for her to keep people at arm's length if that's what the woman wants to make sure that everybody reads the birth plan to make sure that everyone is fed and not thirsty and and also to enjoy it i mean it's so much to put on one person anyway even without all of this and one of the most one of the things that has upset me most recently is that the woman does have she does get to choose who's at her birth and most hospitals have always said two two supports um two people to support people and now we're seeing this reassuring advice that says it's okay you're still allowed one birth partner in this hospital and it's just like no that's not good enough and in when some you... areas women aren't are being told they can't have a birth partner at all mm-hmm. um and even and, in their own homes yeah. yeah um and you know we know that 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 a woman's birth partners especially doulas or if she has chosen to have an independent midwives are not just nice to have extras they're a crucial member of of her care team um, of the multidisciplinary team that are caring for her um, and I think that as far as I know the NMC um, the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecology all of all of their recommendations say that women have a right to have this support and actually it's important but that advice isn't being isn't trickling down to the actual maternity units um as you said with the excuse that it's to keep people safe it's to keep midwives safe and the women and the babies but actually it's not really keeping women safe at all um i think when we're talking about home births a woman has a human right to choose where and with who she has a baby 
including at home. Um, often I think one of the arguments that I've seen for not supporting home births is that it takes two midwives out of the uh, system, away from the wards, just that are there just for that one woman and her baby. Um, but I read that there's no NMC requirement for two midwives to support, uh, to attend a home birth, but actually it's okay for it to just be one. So there are ways that maternity units can shift the way that they're working in order to best meet women's needs, but they're not doing it. Mm. Um, and that, I think, is something that we all need to shout about because it, it's women that are going to suffer the most at the end of this. Absolutely. So what effect is it having on the community, this, well, firstly, the uncertainty and secondly, the restrictions? How is it affecting women and their plants and families in our community? I think it's become really divisive among women. On one hand, you have women who have become, uh, how did you say it before? On one hand, you have women saying, we should just do as we're told. We should just fall in line. It's for the greater good. It's for uh, women are policing other women. Mm -hmm. um, you know, call it, I've seen so many posts online of women telling other women that they're selfish, that they don't care about their community um, because, because they want to have uh, a positive birth experience because they don't want to be traumatized by their birth. Um, and then on the other hand, you, we've seen women who are stepping back and realizing, actually, I don't need the system. <laughs> um, I'm a woman and I, I've grown this baby by myself and I can birth this baby by myself. Well, certainly not necessarily by myself, but without being part of this industrial model. Um, so I think in that sense, it's been amazing to see real grassroots support from woman to woman um, passing on wisdom and information so that women aren't reliant on what is a huge patriarchal system of power and um, yeah so, in 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 general terms it's making women who would never consider giving birth without medical professionals it's giving it's giving those women pause and making them consider other options so women who were planned to go to hospital are now going why would I go to hospital that's where the sick people are I'm just gonna stay home and if they can't provide a midwife then I'll just go and sit on the toilet and have my baby like so that's a positive if women are finding their power that way but then there's also women who are doing that who don't feel they have any other options mm -hmm. And we don't we don't advocate for any kind of birth over another. What we advocate for is women's choice, and we don't want women to feel forced into giving birth in a way that they don't want to. Whether that's um, giving birth at home without medical assistance when they don't want to, or being forced into a cesarean section that they don't want to do, and lots of women again who were planning home births are now planning to go to hospital to have either an induction or a cesarean because that would be the least they feel it would be the least traumatic thing for them whereas that, sorry. making a choice out of out of necessity like that i don't think 
it, it leads to feelings of powerlessness, which is the very foundation of trauma. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see a huge spike in postnatal depression and birth trauma and other postnatal complications after this, mm-hmm. more than we've possibly ever seen before. Yeah, I think when everybody is, is operating under really high levels of stress, both women and uh, maternity services, what we're seeing is a lot more non-evidence-based care, um, fear-based clinical decisions, um, that aren't based on a medical need but from a place or, or, or from any level of evidence but just a place of fear um, and as you said that's going to result in much higher levels of depression among new mums and pregnant women much much higher levels of um, trauma which are already uh, shockingly high um, because women expect to be able to go into maternity services and to ask for care um, and believe that everybody who they come into contact with has the best intentions for them and is only going to make suggestions that are in their best interest but that isn't what we see happen when there isn't a global pandemic going on Um, and I think what we're going to see is that women become um, even less of a priority. I think um, an example of that, like non-evidence-based practice, just from fear, is that some hospitals have said, you know, yeah, of course you can FaceTime during a scan or during the birth, and some hospitals have said no. There's no risk of infection via FaceTime. Um, That is the system making decisions for themselves, not for women. Yeah, making an argument that, oh, it might interfere with equipment when there is no evidence to suggest that it would. Um, And and it's in in many ways, it's deliberate. It's it's an opportunity for uh, the industrial model of birth, for that system to take advantage of the fact that women don't have as much access to support and that they can use this power that they now have to strip women of the support that they have. Because a woman who has her doula with her, has her independent midwife, has her, her, the birth partner that she's chosen, is much less, like, much less likely to fall in line and to be a good girl and to do as she's told. She's much more likely to be an advocate for herself or to have those around her being that advocate that she needs. Um, so I guess that's why we're doing what we're doing yeah I mean that's what we do as doulas the support that we offer is emotional practical and it's informational and we get to know that woman really really well and over the weeks or months or sometimes just days that we have to get to know her it's a it's about preparing her for that so that we're advocating with her rather than for her so that she knows what all of her options are and that she's making informed decisions and that she is actively choosing as much as she can about her birth so that she can look back on it with warmth and pride and so that bond between her and her baby is absolutely solid I mean that that first hour after birth the amount of hormones and the the play between them that happens I mean it, it will never be repeated in the rest of that woman's 
life and it, and in fact never in the in the life of that baby either the mother and baby are primed to fall in love with one another and it's it's said that that's when your reserves of oxytocin the hormone of love is set for the rest of that baby's life is that first hour of interaction with the mother it's not something that you can just put to one side and think i'll work on this later yeah you can in lots and lots of ways but actually priming the brain but the, the brain to give and receive love for the rest of the life i mean that's huge that's not something that you can mess with not without having a huge long-term impact negative impact definitely and for all the the women who are policing other women and for all of the healthcare professionals that are just trying to get through this crisis it's so short-sighted to go birth is just one day in a woman's life it's so much more than that absolutely and i think if you are a professional working in maternity services whether you're a doula or a midwife or an obstetrician if you are not standing for a woman's reproductive freedom you are not standing for women you are not offering women-centered care and that means that a woman needs to have all of those options available to her and she needs to know what those options are um so i think in what what are we doing making sure that women know about their options that that those haven't changed and um, how you go about accessing all of those options is different now um, and i think you said earlier ellie that unfortunately it is probably going to come down to which woman shouts the loudest that, that they're the women that are going to get what they want and deserve um, so yeah we kind of we need women to shout for themselves but to shout for other women um, and to demand better care um, because because I agree that the NHS is um, certainly maternity services are stretched beyond belief but they have access to if they want to to resources that can help them meet the needs of women so for example making use of the huge numbers of independent midwives that are out there who want and are willing to serve women in that role um, but it's up to trusts to take that on and to make that happen absolutely can you imagine the pressure that would be taken off the maternity service in general not just right now if um, midwives would support free birth and give the information that women want for free birth can you imagine how much pressure that would take off like absolutely because because birth is not a medical event it is a biological uh, it's a, a fun biological function it's just it's, as far as what happens in our bodies we're made to do this and as you said before Ellie it's when we start messing with it that birth goes wrong and actually there are very very few situations where birth becomes a true medical emergency so for all those women for, for whom birth can happen in a normal straightforward way if that was taken out of the hospital and that was in the home where the woman could feel safe and supported it would save the pressure on obstetric units for true obstetric emergencies for women who really do need that life-saving medical uh, intervention when they're having their babies um, but that isn't unfortunately going to happen unless women 
demand that that's what they need and that that's what they're going to do. So they want to stay at home or they want to be in low risk units, birth centres, midwife led units um, and demanding that, that care. Um, so for any woman who, who does want that, who doesn't, who wants support to, to figure out how they get woman centred care in a <laughs> patriarchal system, um, we're obviously happy to, to talk to any woman. We're going to be putting together some uh, template letters for anybody who's been told that they can't have a birth partner, that they can only have one birth partner, that they are suddenly finding that where they wanted to have their baby is no longer an, an option being presented to them. Yeah, and so that women can, can put that out there and say, this is what I need. Yeah, you can contact us through Facebook. Just look for Greater Manchester Dealers CIC. We've obviously got a, a website. You're very welcome to message us for support. We are doing a lot of Zoom chats at the moment. <laughs> and, and we will continue to do that because even if there is, you know, no matter what the, the guidance might be about, you know, we're always going to advocate for women's choice. That's not going to change. And for every woman who is policing another woman's opinions or choices or decisions, there are so many other women who are absolutely championing women's choices and will absolutely be behind you and say, yeah, it's absolutely right that you are still choosing what's best for you and what feels safest. This is what I did. I came up against this and this is how I got through it. And it's just about surrounding yourself with the, the people who will have your back. And we are a part of that. And we are going to be here all the way through this pandemic. And we're going to still be here after. And our focus is not going to change from informing women of their choices and their rights, providing accessible and holistic educa education and connecting women with one another and building that, that sisterhood. I think this pandemic has got the potential to revolutionise maternity care. But it's going to take a lot of women realising their power. And that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's, that's exactly what we want. Yeah. We want women to... It's our birthright to give birth into, in power. And to be able to draw on that then for the rest of our lives when we're parenting, when we're to go, wow, I can't believe that I did that. I, and we want women to come out of birth and go, I can't, I can't, I want to do that again. Like when you get off a roller coaster, like that's what we want. That is what's possible. You know, hormonally it's giving birth uses all of the same um, processes as having an orgasm. And there's actually no physiological reason why you can't orgasm from having a baby that's how it's supposed to be it's supposed to feel amazing and that's been taken from us and turned into some kind of weird crazy myth but it's real it's really really real and the more women and, and the women that we've supported have that experience they are changed women it's transformational and that's why we do what we do because we know full well what it does to a woman to have that transformational experience 
that woman responds to her baby differently. She responds to her partner differently. She responds to society differently because she's a woman running under her own power. And she's the way that she views herself is different. And yes. The, the changes that I have witnessed in a woman after having a, a powerful birth experience and the uh, positive changes to her self-esteem, to uh, her self-worth, and to how she sees her importance and her role in the world. And then that extends to other women as well. I mean, that's how you build sisterhood and solidarity. Absolutely. Well, we're Grace Manchester Doulas and we are women's Center Doulas. And if you would like our support, if you would like to work with us, if you want to just chat more about what we're doing and what's going on in the maternity services for women right now, you can contact us through our website, greatermanchesterdoers.com or through social media, we're at greatermanchesterdoers on Facebook.